tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. Keep playing. Keep working. Keep going. And keep moving with the exceptional orthopedic care at Baptist Health. With an experienced team and a full line of advanced services and procedures, it's no wonder most people choose Baptist to help them keep on keeping on. Visit baptisthealth.com ortho to find a Baptist Health provider. You're listening to Rabot Co. here on ESPN 680 and 1057. Now, here's Louis Rabot. All right. Dancing like the dad that I am, Louis Rabot. Hanging out with you, Rabot Co. here, ESPN 680-1057. Thanks for making us part of your Tuesday. We'll get you through the week here. Bobby V after me, roundtable 3 o'clock. Jeff Brom show will re-air at 2 o'clock on 93.9 The Ville, uh, ahead of Ennis' show at 3 over there. Kenny Payne uh, will be live tonight, 7 o'clock on 93.9. Louisville Sports Live will follow that at 8 o'clock as well across the hall. Uh, remember, we are your flagship station across the hall, 93.9 for The Kenny Payne Show, right after Cardinal Insider, uh, 7 o'clock on 93.9. Kane's music now. Let's go, Kane's! to the button with the Canes music for today and I just want to remind everyone about the hot fresh hand battered chicken those delicious crinkle cut fries and just the delightful Texas toast that delicious cane sauce all of it available at RaisingCanes.com or on the mobile app you should game plan ahead for lunch today maybe for a holiday party our friends at Raising Canes and RaisingCanes.com. Oh, nailed it. Oh, oh. A little Raising Canes on a Tuesday. How about that? You Raising Canes guy, Zach? I've never, I've, I'd never even asked you. <laughs> I, look, look, it's, it's up there for most popular thing that we get around here. No question. Uh, no question. And the sauce is undefeated. It's okay to say. It. The sauce is undefeated. It just is. It is what it is. All right. I'm with you, brother. I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. Uh, we are very fortunate, though, to hang out uh, with the, uh, the good folks, though, at uh, Ed Kane's for sure. We appreciate them bringing lunch by uh, the ESPN Louisville Studios. All right. Ennis brought it up about the signing day leaders and the different things and how, or actually I brought it up, Ennis expounded on it and what he thinks. Interested to hear from other people, 437-9680, UPS Jobs text line. Y'all have been crushing it. If you are listening, someone texted in uh, today as well, and I know people are in and out on the show and, and, and whatever else. Uh, if you are rejoining us after a while, about 18 days ago, Dan uh, retired on the 1st. 
uh, of this month. We've been doing the Rabo and Co. thing since then. Zach Cantrell has uh, sat in uh, for Avery Dell. We, we, the triumvirate completely broke up. Uh, Avery uh, now has an office job, and, uh, and Zach is uh, running the board here for us, as he does, of course, on Sunday mornings for our Sunday morning hangover as well. If you want to hear more of Zach, uh, more of an opportunity on Sundays. I, I Unfortunately, Tuesday through Thursday, Zach gets a lot less airtime uh, on this show than Oh, you're going to do that? Look at you, buddy. Great. And so um, hanging out with me and, and, and Zach uh, Cantrell. And I'm having a great time with the show, by the way. I just, you know, those are things. I, I don't know. How it, if you're new, uh, I was the four-year-old kid making radio shows into the, into the tape deck in the 80s. I was that kid. And so getting to do this, it's always been my dream. So please hang out. The Co and Rabo and Co. Yes, it rhymes. I get it. I watch on the text line, 437-9680. Come hang out with the show. You can find me on Twitter, at Radio Louie as well, uh, if you want to interact that way. Uh, I, I, it's not on the show sheet, but I have a horse racing story we got to do at some point, Zach. Um, d- did Rob say anything last night that was interesting? Did any of that get cut? Because uh, my sense is he's in, he's in the season where it's not a good idea to, to make waves, right? Where, okay, okay. Just that's the kind of thing. Like, let the momentum speak for itself. He's in that spot where he won 10 games. There's there's a ton of positivity around the program, as there should be, right? And I think some of those concerns that I had, Zach, and I asked the question after the 10th win, is this the peak for Louisville football, right? Is this is he peaking early in his tenure here? And the general feeling around around town, around the station, etc., was no. He's gonna get He's going to improve on what you saw this year. It just happened to be an amalgam of schedule, you know, you know, good bounces, whatever, but also just really good coaching, right? And and putting the pieces that he had in the right places as well. But the transfer portal has really, if you wanted to make it that way, it has really solidified people's hope about the future with him and with the direction of that program. And I think it's very good evidence, frankly, with guys like Ja'Cory Brooks or Corey Thornton or Maurice Davis or Jordan Guerra, who I really like, by the way. Getting those guys up here and, frankly, oh, he was going to go to Minnesota. That, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. That's a, a getting a guy out of FIU, get those guys out of South Florida. Remember, you're, you're building for the future as well with those things. I think that's the more important part of, of that one. But it's it's so obvious to me, Zach, that they are – he doesn't have to say anything about the future of the program or peaking or anything like that because they've got these guys coming in. Uh, you know, the 14 guys in the, in, the, in the high school class as well. It's clear, it's clear what the plan is on the football side. It's a, it's, an, it's a stunning juxtaposition against the basketball team. Stunning! It's the opposite of what's going on over there. It's literally the opposite. They're winning a ton. Uh, they're great at home <laughs> on the home field, and they've got guys coming in like crazy. So it's it's really just a, a fantastic uh, juxtaposition of those two uh, before. Oh, boy, I texted about Dan. Um, Texter, do you think Dan's concerned about Budweiser going on strike? Here's what you need to know about Dan Issel and Budweiser. For all of the talk about Budweiser on this show, Dan has like three beers a month. He's just not. He's just not a drinker. Now, when Dan would come to the house for for dinner when he was in town or whatever, I would get the man two tall boys, because Dan himself was a tall boy, right? That's I mean, what it is. And and those, you know, he's over for two hours or whatever. That they, they did not survive. Let's put it that way. So my man, my man is he can he can put some Budweiser down, but he just doesn't do it. Um, uh, Texter, one of the worst things that killed Sat was being eight and five in his first year after a two and ten year. It, I remember, and and that's it's interesting because the 
And this is it's a really great talking point from the texture. Appreciate you. 437-968, keep it coming. Is that with the Satterfield stuff, I remember after his first year, the job was open at Michigan State. And I remember thinking, man, they should throw the bag at this guy. <laughs> if he can get Louisville from two and ten to eight and five, goodness gracious. And then it was just it was just milk toast after that. It just wasn't interesting. And I don't think that's happening with Brom. I think it's very clear he's bringing in the next set of dudes. I I don't I don't bring up Pierce Clarkson as the starter next year flippantly. I I think that's the kind of guy that if he's ready and and Mark talked about it like that, he's from a football family. The Brahms are a football family. I I think there's there's something where they understand one another and that you know if the kid is coachable and the raw skills are there, then I I do think there's absolutely a chance he's a starter next year. Is that what they want to do? My sense is no. They want him to wait till he's a junior, senior, whatever, you know, especially in modern college football. I mean, the guys tackling you are, what, 23, 24 years old on a regular basis. And so I do imagine they do want him to get a couple more years on campus here. All right. So I brought up Dylan Rayola. And this one's uh, personal for anyone who's been a a fan of the Lions because his dad, Dominic, was the center there um, for 372 straight seasons and uh, came out of Nebraska, played there forever. Uh, if he's not a Lion, he's probably a Hall of Famer. I think he's one of those guys. If he doesn't play for a bunch of bad Lions teams, he's probably a Hall of Famer. His numbers stand on their own. He's an incredible player. And his kid Dylan is a very, very good quarterback who had rec- who had committed to Georgia, is a top 10 overall recruit, ends up going to Nebraska. Now, Zach, one of the things I talk about a lot on this show when talking about Louisville basketball is the comparison to Nebraska football, yeah. right? And and the obvious there are obvious differences between them. The stadium downtown if it were Nebraska, would never look like that. If it were Nebraska football. No. It no, would never no, look like that. No. The, the, the fans there, for whatever it's worth, and I think the value is very high, by the way, show up. The traditions are all in place. If you see a Nebraska football game on TV, it's going to be full. Period. Conversation over. Everyone's wearing red and white. That's what they do. So Dylan Rayola commits there after, you know, obviously his dad went to school there and all those things. The bigger conversation to me is Matt Rule, who obviously had the job at Baylor, did a great job, takes the Carolina job, because when NFL jobs come calling and you're interested in that, there are only 32 of them. You have to take them. I don't care where it is. Yes. No one should fault Matt Rule for having taken the Panthers job. That's just what you do. And we're watching the Jags be good and the Lions be good this year, and the Browns are a player. Like You can win anywhere in that league. If you have the right pieces, you could absolutely do it. You are one quarterback draft away from being decent in that league. Ask the Houston Texans. Yes. Yes. But he takes the Nebraska job. And I remember thinking, my God, is he going to fail as well? Because Scott Frost gets in there and it doesn't work. In fact, it was worse. He got worse. He went from UCF to Nebraska. It got worse. It's a fascinating thing to happen. They go five and seven this year. Inconsistent quarterback play. I'm not suggesting the kid's going to play as a freshman, but here you go. Quote, I believe from my dad being there, I understand the history of the program. I also understand my family legacy there and the fan base and aspirations. I strongly believe in the vision and culture that Coach Rule has established with his staff. Now, do I think a 17-year-old kid wrote that? I don't. Now, (laughs) I hope he's ready. I hope he's ready because that story, it is one thing to try to carry your parents' legacy. I will give you a personal example. My dad is a lawyer. His dad was a lawyer. His dad was a lawyer. His dad was a lawyer. <laughs> I am not a lawyer. I have never once thought about going to law school. 
And so I am not the uh, I am not the expert on carrying on family traditions, other than I named my kid Louis as well. How about that? Um, going to play for Nebraska and carrying on your dad's legacy is, oh boy, I'm sure it it pays well, but boy, that's a lot of pressure for an 18 year old kid. Fascinated to see what he does. I think Rule does turn them around, but I think their ceiling is now lower than it used to be considerably, Zach. And so I think a Rule turnaround to me is an occasional 10-win season, and more often than not, they're 8-4, and 9-3 and three kind of thing. But the new Big Ten man is no joke. Nope. I mean, they're going to have Oregon-Washington on that schedule all the time on top of getting out of the Big Ten West. That is the biggest slam on all those teams. What a horrible break for Illinois and Minnesota and Nebraska for the Big Ten West to break up. Yeah, and plus you have Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State already to deal with. Yes. Dylan Rayola, this, he's been to four different high schools. He I committed know. to Ohio State, I then know. committed to Georgia, committed to Nebraska. We've heard so many stories of guys that have failed at the college level or the pro level that go to a bunch of high schools. It's kind of a red flag. So I'm interested to see how it plays out. I think when you look at Nebraska's ceiling, as you mentioned, I think what their ceiling, what they should strive to be is what Wisconsin has been for the better part That's of the last example. 20 years or so. Wisconsin wins 10, 11 games. Do they beat Ohio State regularly? No. Do they beat Michigan regularly? No. They're not really a national title contender, but they go to good bowl games. They've won a couple big bowl games. Yep. They've won some Rose Bowls. Nobody in Wisconsin is disappointed with the trajectory of their program. I agree with that. So I think if you're Nebraska, that's what your ceiling is. And it's it's also not three titles in four years like the 90s. Old school stadium. Yes. They fill it up at Camp Randall, right? Same thing in Lincoln. Uh, no, I, I I think that's a very good example. Nebraska actually. fans are thought of as a lot of people as the best fans in college sports, and I can see it. Uh, texture has Dan gone back to Bud Light now that Crid Rock has. Texture, Dan called my buddy off for having a Bud Light at Thurby. It was great. Texture. <laughs> uh, Thursday's going to be rock bottom for the University of Louisville men's basketball team. Uh, when the blue out numbers, uh, the red in the Yum Center, that will be the bottom. <sighs> okay. We can do that for five minutes. I, I hear, I hear you, Texture. And that would bother me. To absolute death. And I will give a Zach-related example. When Michigan State stinks at football and Ohio State's coming to town, the amount of red in Spartan Stadium is really demoralizing. I've been there multiple times. Okay. Cool stadium, right? Yes. It's actually we pretty good game day experience. We there. could do the OHIO champ because there were <laughs> there so many Ohio people. State fans. You could do the corners, right? That's right. Yeah. Let's see. Bleep off. Uh, the, <laughs> the, uh, but no, but... What I'm saying is I've been there and it does not feel good. I understand, especially from a fan perspective. Mm-hmm. So the other one that that is usually positive on my side is there are Detroit Red Wing fans everywhere. Yeah. And so when they play road games in, say, Dallas, there are a bunch of Detroit expats there from the 80s and 90s when That's the economy right. really went south. And there's a ton of red jerseys. So I imagine Stars fans are like, we get it, Red Wings. Like, you know, you guys were good in the 90s or whatever. Oh, they, they so, do that around the Blue Jackets. Of when course. I, when I would go yes. to Blue Jacket games, it was yep. 90% red, red Wing fans. Yes, right. And so, yeah, no, that's the... Um, um, texture, have you ever seen my dad as a lawyer memes? I have not, but if people want to send those in, I would love a good laugh today. They're I'm good. happy to. Are they okay? All right, yeah, all right. There you go. <laughs> I don't talk about it much because it's just not, it was never interesting to me. This always was. I always wanted to do something like this, and so I'm glad I eventually uh, landed in it. But uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. We're taking a break. Second hour of the show presented by uh, our friends at Delta Dental of Kentucky. DeltaDentalKY.com. Plans for you, your family, your employees. Nationwide network of dentists. Uh, Make sure that you get in and get that dental coverage for your family, uh, for anyone that might need it. Maybe just for yourself. Over there at uh, DeltaDentalKY.com. Western had a huge comeback, and I've got got to talk about Brad Cox. We do it next here at ESPN 680-1057. 
Looking for a rewarding career? One that empowers you to serve your community, change lives, and reach your fullest potential? Become a correctional officer for the Kentucky Department of Corrections and earn up to $28.30 an hour with great benefits. Help create a better, safer Kentucky. Apply today for a correctional officer position in your community at careers.ky.gov. That's careers.ky.gov. When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling. Looking for extra cash this holiday season? You can make competitive pay as a day shift warehouse worker at UPS Worldport right here in Louisville. Learn more and apply today at upsjobsky.com. That's upsjobsky.com. ESPN 680-1057. Now, here's Louis Rebeau. All right, welcome back in. Second hour of our show presented by Delta Dental of Kentucky, DeltaDentalKY.com. And a reminder, too, that all I want for the holidays this year is some non-Pistons NBA action. <laughs> DraftKings Sportsbook is delivering big time. They got you covered for all your basketball bets, plus a special present for new customers to unwrap this week. New customers, you can score 150 Instantly in bonus bets just for betting 5 bucks on basketball. An instant dub just for you. So upgrade your bet slip this NBA season with DraftKings. Their new and improved same-game parlay anywhere feature. You can build the same-game parlays anywhere without additional steps needed. Uh, very helpful. Uh, head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today to experience the, all the new features, including live uh, live parlay leg tracking, player pages, and much, much more. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code WHBE. New customers, you'll get 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on basketball. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code WHBE. The crown is yours. Gambling I'm- problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus. Physically present in Kentucky. Eligibility deposit restrictions apply. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash basketball terms all right zach what you got i was gonna say speaking of the pistons you said you wanted anything except pistons nba action did you see this stat they showed uh wins at little uh, little caesars arena where the pistons play yeah. this year the pistons won michigan state won because <laughs> they played the baylor game there on saturday them. it's bad man i just now let's be fair this reminds you know that that um that last year petrino just bet against louisville football just bet against the Pistons. <laughs> it's pretty simple right now. It's like betting Iowa unders. It's yeah, right. <laughs> just lock, just lock it up. Um, the uh, my dad's a lawyer memes coming in on the text line. I appreciate you people very much. Um, all right, so man, all right. Game last night. You and I talked NFL yesterday, Zach. Yes, we did. did that disqualify the Eagles from the top of the NFC discussion? Are the 49ers now just in their own strategy? Yes, here? I yeah, thought I they were anyway. Right. It was confirmation last night. Yes. 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 What do you think is going on with the Eagles? How, how do they lose three straight after that start? Well, they won a lot of close games this year. They were 10-1, and one, but they played more like a 7-4 and four team than a 10-1 and one team. They kind of got lucky in a few games. Uh, their defense has been very inconsistent. They can't stop anybody in the red zone. They're near the bottom in pass defense. Like Their running game has been inconsistent. It's been, based, they're off offense is essentially Jalen Hurts get close 
enough to do the tush push. And if you can't do that, then their passing game's been inconsistent. So I think the Cowboys are better than them as far as the NFC East mm. is concerned. And I think San Francisco is a clear step above both of those teams. Uh, they are blasting Luther Vandross currently at the Louisville football facility. What's your favorite Luther Vandross song? Whew. One sh- <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's a little before my time. Luther Vandross, dude. Man, I would, my cop-out would have been one shining moment. but Yeah, right. They, that, he does that every year. Yeah, yeah. That's a cop-out. He's been, he's been deceased for 17 years. Yeah. Already? My God. That is... That's a that's considerably long. A house is not a home, by the way. His best song. Anyways, all right. So, I've heard that one. Yeah, yeah, it's very good. Uh, did you see this preview? And it's in the athletics, so maybe you didn't. But uh, essentially, coaches talk about what Michigan's going to have to do to beat Alabama. Yeah, yeah, I, I did. See okay, that. good. And, and I think this is an interesting conversation as we get to the CFP, as we get to the national, um, as we get into this national conversation. They've talked about essentially that Michigan isn't the same team since the investigations became very public. And I'm fascinated in that kind of stuff because I, I do think the the culture stuff and the and the the noise around a program is underrated. Mm-hmm. I think it's absolutely underrated. Yep. And and I think in this case, um all right. Am I the only one that doesn't think the Tommy DeVito stuff is funny? Am I the only one? Well, it got less funny after they got trounced on Sunday. Do you know Do you know what it is? Here are the things that I don't think are funny, that everyone thinks are funny. Okay. I don't think Harambe jokes are funny. You they, probably loved Harambe jokes. I, they had a moment. You loved them, right? I did back then. Okay. I'm I, over them now. Okay. And the, the Merka stuff that people do. Yeah. Like the, the, the apostrophe M-E-R-I-K-A or whatever. Like, I don't think that's funny. Mm-mm. I don't know why. It's just not funny to me. Yeah. So Harambe jokes not funny. Uh, the Tommy DeVito stuff not funny. And I'm not. By the way, texture sends that in. I get it. You are in the vast majority. Your boy Louis for some reason does not think that's funny. It's so I apologize. All right. So the question they ask in this article, and it's on the Athletic. This is um, uh, Bruce Feldman. Is JJ McCarthy still the guy? So there's a question about the decline in his play at the end of the season. I think they just got boring on offense. I think it has a lot less to do with JJ McCarthy than it does with them just knowing we don't need him to win games. He just needs to be not even a manager. Let's be very clear. He's not even a game manager in some of these games. He no. wasn't against Ohio State. He, they just they just pushed him around, right? I mean, that's right. just what that game was. Yeah. And it's why if you wanted to have hope as a Michigan fan for them beating Alabama, it was what they did against Ohio State in the trenches, right? right. Is that is that physical play. 14 touchdowns in his first seven games, averaging 10.5 per attempt in the last six, five touchdowns. And average only seven and a half per attempt. But he's still got a first place Heisman vote. I want to know who that guy is. Well, I think I know. <laughs> the the one, I mean, that guy getting one and Jordan Travis not getting one is disgraceful. It's it just doesn't make sense with what we were told about Florida. But State. you know, Jordan Travis is so good, we can't possibly put Florida State in the playoff because they don't have him. Good Luther Vandross uh, recommendations coming down, if only for one night. Um, power of love coming down on the text line. Oh, yeah. Luther Vandross talk on, on Tuesday. Why not? <laughs> Fascinating, though, that we're not asking these questions about Alabama. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I'm and i not saying it's a double standard or what or unfair or whatever. It's just we've seen Alabama do it, and we haven't seen Michigan do it. That's exactly why they're not asking those questions. That's exactly Alabama right. has a billion national titles, and Michigan has half of one since 1948. That's right. And I, I am really interested because even after three trips 
in a row to the CFP. Mm-hmm. Harbaugh clearly being a coach that people respect in media, right? Yes. Yeah. Scouting aside, you know, yeah, yeah. Connor right. Stallion stuff right. aside. And did you notice a lot of guys in media not terribly offended by Connor Stallions? Of course they're not. Including your boy right here. Like it did not, that did not offend me. Because I, I think everyone's doing it. I think Connor Stallings is just an idiot. <laughs> yeah, I think they just got sloppy. <laughs> they got caught. Yeah, right. They got caught. <laughs> Are you sticking with Alabama? Yes. And do you think there's anything to articles like this where they're, they're questioning, say, the old line? Because that's not a question for me. Well, Zach Zenner's hurt and out for the season. Yeah. He's one of the best linemen. So yep. that in that the, respect, I do have a bit of a question. On the right there. side of the line yes. there. Yes, yes. correct. They're, the right side of their offensive line has been a little issue yep. all season sure. long. So, yeah, I do have some offensive line questions. It's interesting, too, and it's, and it's done differently program to program. They actually shifted a tackle to play guard. That's right. And put in someone else at tackle. Usually you just hear, oh, the guards hurt. We're going to grab someone off the bench rather than we're going to slide someone from tackle. Usually you hear the tackles hurt. We're sliding someone out from guard, right? Right. right. So that was kind of a fascinating move as well. Uh, I think it was um, was a Barnhart that moved in to right guard. I can't remember. Tucker Barnhart, yeah. Carson Barnhart? I think it's Tucker Barnhart. One of the two. Tucker Barnhart is the, uh, oh, what? Who's, isn't he a kicker? Carson Barnhart. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> one of those names. Carson Barnard. Stop naming your kids Tucker and Carson. People. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> well, it's Car- Carson, not Carlson. Yeah. Uh, Texture, I thought the Connor Stallion story would disappear way before it did. I did too. But it must be like. There's something. Demonstrably there. terrible for them to have done what they did. I mean, demonstrably terrible. There's too much evidence for there to be uh, nothing. Apparently. Uh, f- the old smoke, there's fire kind of thing, right? Oh, yeah. yeah for sure. Yeah. Can Blake Corum be the best offensive player on Michigan's team and they win that game, Zach? Yeah. Okay. I think it's more likely that McCarthy's going to have to be the best offensive player for them to win because I don't think they're you, just going to... You said that. You've been very consistent. Yes. That. yes. This is the reason J.J. McCarthy is here, and this is the, the moment that people believe that Michigan, if they're going to take the next step, they can win the Big Ten by dominating and running the ball, playing great defense. They, in order to win a national championship, you've got to have a first-round caliber quarterback. And people are picking J.J. McCarthy in the top ten of the draft. Let's see it. Okay. All right. Uh, there is a, a mock draft out as well, an NFL big board. Um, and, and essentially a question, is Marvin Harrison Jr. the best prospect? To me, that's not the question at all. Because no, the answer not. to that is yes. It's yes. Um, the, the question is, do you take him number one? Who has the pick? Based on your pick. Do you just take the best guy or do you... <sighs> Or is that quarterback thing the quarterback thing? Well, it depends on who you are. Who has? Do, the do you think so? Yeah, I okay. think if you have a good quarterback, then you just take the best player. Okay. Right now, I think the Bears would have the pick because they own the Panthers' pick from the trade last year. Would they rather have Caleb Williams than or Justin Fields? The Justin Fields. Yeah, I don't really. Justin don't Fields is the most infuriating player in the NFL because yeah. when he's great, holy bleep! Yes, he get is out of the way. He is fantastic. Yeah, and then when he stinks. Boy, howdy does he stink. <laughs> Here's my thing. My thing about Fields is you look at the Bears' offensive line and their wide receiver play. It's terrible. It like, is. you just saw it the other it day. Is. Darnell Mooney had the winning Hail Mary right in his lap. All he had to do was just sit down, cradle the ball, and the Bears win, and he somehow let the ball get out. Like, the Bears remind on. me of when Matt Millen was the GM of the Lions, and he built from the outside in. He took three receivers like, back to back yeah, to back. It's, no, you don't do that in the NFL. Build out, inside out, period. That's Conversation right. over. And so you got to be a really specific team at the top of the draft to want to draft a wide receiver that high. Just historically, it doesn't work, right? Yeah. It's like Kelvin Johnson and a bunch of dudes, right? I mean, like, it, it really, 
drafting that high on wide receiver. But do you know who's the last wide receiver to be picked number one overall? Keyshawn Johnson. That's right. Is that right? Okay, it is. Not Calvin. He should have been. Are you slightly impressed that I had NFL knowledge? That a little bit. Yeah. Okay. All right. There you go. <laughs> should have been Calvin Johnson instead of Jamarcus yeah. Russell. But can you imagine? The one pick the Lions got right. The liquid then. Cody. The liquid Cody, bro. You take him instead of Calvin Johnson. That's right. I've the, never. The, the guy with I, Jamarcus Russell. Have you heard the old story about how they gave him a blank game tape? They gave. <laughs> he's talking about, oh, I went back and watched film and everything. The tape was blank. What is Molly Karam wearing? Why is she wearing an outfit that is old newspapers? <laughs> and she's good. literally wearing old newspapers. Yeah. Who, who dresses this woman? She's probably pretty, but they do such a. She's obviously not targeted at me. I get it. I'm not the target market of first take. I get not it. so much. All right. So, <laughs> not so much. Thank you, Zach. <laughs> uh, did it stand out to you that there are absolutely no locals on this list? No. Okay. <laughs> no. No. There's no Will Levis. There's no dominant player in this area this year that is an automatic top ten pick. Shador Sanders is on this pick on this list. I saw that. And I will say this about Shador Sanders in defense of this list. Man, he... <laughs> Texter, how about trading every draft pick you have for Ricky Williams? That's up there, too. Oh, yeah, the Saints. That's a that. good one. That's right. The wedding dress photo. <laughs> You're not Dennis Rodman. Cut it out. That's right. I... With Shador Sanders, I don't think there was a player in college football this year that I would watch where he would make a play and you'd go, oh, crap. And then he'd make another play and he'd go, oh, crap. More than Shador Sanders. Yes. Uh, 10 NFL plays and then 10 bottom of college football plays in the same game. Sums up the Colorado football experience this year. Sounds right, yes. (laughs) Uh, More memes coming in. The Ravens are a five and a half point underdog for Monday's game at the 49ers. Mm -hmm. It's the second largest underdog role of Jackson's six year career. He was a seven point underdog at the Chiefs in 2018. Jackson is nine and four outright as an underdog. Uh, in those games. He owns the NFC, too. I don't, he's never lost to an NFC team. Or, yeah, he's never lost to an NFC team. I also team. appreciate that that's from Jamison Hensley. Uh, we did play that sound on this air yes, we did. Uh, last week, which is fantastic. <laughs> uh, texture, Deion Walker will be a, a first-rounder next season. You know what? Good point by the texture. You are correct. There is a local kid that will be a first-rounder. Uh, we'll see if he stays in Kentucky uh, for next season. If you were him, would you stay? I think I would. I think he gets the right amount of exposure on the defensive line in Kentucky and I think he has a fair amount of freedom to do what he wants. I think I would. Yeah. I think he's in a good spot for what he does. Right. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I, I don't mean to make it sound selfish or anything, but I think it's a good spot for him uh, as far as, as getting drafted and, and moving up that way. Mm-hmm. So um, obviously, if you want to make the playoff or do something like that, you could look at another team. But I think in D.L. Walker's case, you know what you got at Kentucky, and it's uh, it's working so far. That formula seems uh, to be very positive for him. Louis Rabot here, Rabot and Co. here, ESPN 680-1057. Bob Valvano after me, and then, of course, you get roundtable 3 o'clock. We'll get you local till 6 o'clock today. Got that promo sheet early from Avery. She's getting ready for that vacation. I know. I mean, nobody – it is stunning around here, man, that no one works harder around here than people getting ready for vacation. <laughs> it's, it's probably true everywhere. I was um, going to say, that's just a regular occurrence, <laughs> I think. Uh, we will have competing postgame shows after the game on Thursday. The Kentucky Fish and Wildlife UK postgame show, Gandolfo and Entz. And Saw me. Mike yesterday for his birthday. How about that? I'll be there. I'll be on that show. Hanging out as well with Zach Cantrell. 
Uh, that'll start sometime around 8 o'clock. Yep. Uh, Kentucky Fish and Wildlife reminds you to enter that 2024 elk draw as well on their website. Get in there. You don't have to shoot at Dan Issel's house. Uh, you can just go get an elk yourself uh, uh, somewhere in eastern Kentucky. So how about that? Largest elk herd east of the Mississippi River. Uh, man, I'm I'm starting to get excited for the actual CFP itself, Zach, because I think in the same way that I'm excited to watch how college basketball plays out this year because I think there are a bunch of interesting and good teams at the top of the sport. Sure. I feel that way about the CFP. I think there's a bunch of very good teams in it. I understand the consternation about Florida State, but I think the addition of Alabama is an addition and not a subtraction. I think what makes this different is when you look at the college football playoff, typically you can always pick one out that's usually the four seed. They're like, okay, they can't win it. They're here, but they're not going to win it. Like Usually it's one and two are pretty it's a much little debunk last year by tcu right yeah I mean, like i think we thought they couldn't do it and then they they win their first game well we also we, knew they couldn't win the title we knew they could be we they, they had a shot against michigan they had no was, shot against georgia that State. was less about to me less about tcu not being able to win it. i just think no one other than georgia was winning it last well, year well ohio state was a missed kick away and marvin harrison jr if he didn't get hurt well, that's they would have won that's fair ohio state would have done to tcu what georgia did to him that was the real national title game. I think everybody saw that last year, but I don't think we even have that this year. We don't have a. It's not Michigan versus Alabama. Whoever wins that game is so get definitely winning. The we title. have the bowl pick them, and one of the games you have to choose is either the winner of Michigan Alabama or the winner of Texas, right? And and Washington as the eventual national title winner. I'm with you. There isn't a bad choice in those four. If you made a case for any of them, I would follow along. Right? Yes. Like I, I think Washington's for some reason in my head, less likely to win the national title, even though in every game that they're not supposed to win, they show up and win. Would you be stunned if they beat Texas? I would not. No. But I do think that's going to be a very orange stadium in New Orleans. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Yeah. Texas is the favorite, rightfully so. I think it's going to take Michael Penix throwing for 400 yards to win that game, but with that receiver core and with they the offensive line, they, throws the ball he down the field. It. That's right, yep. All Texas right. secondary has not been very good this year either. Right. All right, well, uh, take our last... Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I started a chain reaction. So I, I, uh, I'm a member of something called, and then we'll go to break. Uh, I'm a member of something called the National Turf Riders and Broadcasters. And I'm actually very proud to have been admitted to that group because we became the first podcasters to actually get into that group. So uh, it's the, the national group that votes on something called the Eclipse Awards. And those are the, um, the top awards in horse racing. And uh, I didn't get my Eclipse Award email on Friday. And Mike, my co-host, did. So I pinged uh, a guy named Jim who runs uh, stuff for Breeders' Cup and the NTRA. Yeah. And he texted me back, oh, I'm so sorry. And he immediately sent me the email. Everything's fine. But then I just got an email. Hey, follow up. Apparently, uh, last Thursday, a bunch of you didn't get this email. So I started I started an email chain. And so hopefully uh, they get that all cleared up. Second hour of our show presented by Delta Dental of Kentucky. DeltaDentalKY.com. If you're a dentist, check out that Dentist Tools tab at the top of the homepage. And you can expand your practice with our friends at Delta Dental of Kentucky. DeltaDentalKY.com. On the other end. <sighs> What else do I want to get into here as I start to get into uh, some other things? Okay, the Julian Sayan thing is really interesting for me at Alabama. And Oregon just landed two five-star quarterbacks. I'm going to relate it to U of L. We'll do it next here on ESPN 680-1057. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. 
Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. Keep playing. Keep working. Keep going. And keep moving with the exceptional orthopedic care at Baptist Health. With an experienced team and a full line of advanced services and procedures, it's no wonder most people choose Baptist to help them keep on keeping on. Visit baptisthealth.com ortho to find a Baptist Health provider. Welcome in. Final segment here. Just saw Bobby V. He'll be after me here in this chair. Kept it nice and warm for him. Not as warm as uh, as Rummage leaves this chair for me after after trivia. Is warm. Oof. You got a warm backside there, Rummage. Tell you what. Uh, hanging out with you. Bobby V. After me. Roundtable 3 o'clock here. ESPN 680-1057. We'll keep you local uh, that way. Hey, all right. So over the weekend, there was a, a race, Zach, called the Springboard Mile. And I do not want to bore you with the details of the, of the springboard mile held once a year at this time in Oklahoma. Uh, other than it is a 10-point prep for the Kentucky Derby. Okay, so um, And it's a $400,000 race. There's money in there. Uh, people show up for it, including a man named Brad Cox. And we have had him on the show many times. Uh, I'm a fan of his because he's a horse racing trainer that will actually talk and is interesting. Uh, I think more of them would talk if you just asked them, uh, but we seem to not do that in horse racing media. So, the horses, Zach, uh, just to explain sort of the situation, they ship from other places. If you don't have a home base at at Remington Park, which is the the place where they hold the Springboard Mile, for example, you would ship the horses in from another spot where you have a larger outfit, right? And you'll ship them together, this kind of thing. So, they ship them from Arkansas at Oakland Park. And they get a medication at Oakland Park. They then land at Remington and the veterinarian applies it again. So they get a double dose, according to the story. And I'm looking at Horse Racing Nation, by the way. Uh, I want to give a shout to our, our guy, Ron Flatter. That he gets the, the, the legal dose in, in Arkansas. Then he gets another legal dose in Oklahoma. So they double up on, on a legal drug. But that would have been at a level that would not be legal for racing in that race. And I want to say a couple things. Number one, that is a really um, convenient story if something nefarious is going on. Number two, his wife is his veterinarian. <laughs> so I think his it's interesting because I, I, I think there's a chance this story is true. I think there's a chance. I think there's also a chance that there's something more nefarious going on. Number three, if your wife works with you, you're you're not going to be quick to run to the press to <laughs> to talk about the situation. <laughs> so I understand all parts of it, but man, it doesn't feel good. Uh, and and frankly, if you're in that ownership group and you were hoping this was going to be part of, pardon the terrible pun, but part of a springboard toward a longer run at the Kentucky Derby, then then there's got to be a bunch of very disappointed folks as well. So when trainers talk, one of the things I never ask is how is a horse looking. Because every horse has an owner, 
and if you are the trainer and you say, eh, kind of crappy, you're going to lose the ownership. <laughs> Appreciate Zach laughing at that one. And so generally you don't get an honest answer to that one. Now, you could ask, hey, you know, horse ran on turf last time. Why are they running on dirt this time? Or why are you trying Turfway Park? I think those are different kinds of questions. You can ask insightful questions about horse racing and get insightful answers. But how's a horse looking is not a way to get anything uh, very insightful. But they had to scratch all four horses out of that day. That leans me toward believing the story. But I, I've been very vocal, or, or at least very transparent about this. Not vocal. Vocal is the wrong word. But very transparent about this. I'm not romantic about horse racing. I came to, to horse racing as a 20, in my 20s. Um, I didn't get serious about it until I was in my 30s. And it's not a... I didn't fall in love with a sport, for example, like with, with Brad Cox, who grew up two blocks from Churchill Downs and probably walked past the barns and saw the horses and fell in love with the sport that way. That's a perfectly fine way to fall in love with the sport. In the same way that if you're some kid and you happen to pass a park and a bunch of very good basketball players are there or they're playing sandlot baseball and that's how you fall in love with those sports i think that's totally reasonable i think brad cox is somewhere in that in that range i'm not i didn't fall in love with horse racing because of the horses that's just the mechanism through which my bet passes (laughs) that's what i fell in love with so i want to be really clear about that and so i don't trust or distrust anyone i just i don't i don't it's not romantic to me so, does it smell bad? Sure. Is it also plausible? It is. Bad sports talk radio. I think it's very 50-50. Zach's mic very turned off right now. All right, second part. You're good. I remember early in the game yesterday seeing a tweet, and, and I'm not. I'm going to bring up somebody, and I'm not throwing him under the bus, but Tyler Griever was like, oh, man, are they really down 21 nothing? Talking about Western Kentucky. And they were against an ODU team that was actually favored in the game, right? And uh, Old Dominion was favored by four and a half uh, at kickoff. Um, a solid 5,600 people at that game yesterday. Appreciate everyone making their way out. The formerly known um, as the Bahamas Bowl. They played at Charlotte, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. You talk about a downgrade. Can Nothing you imagine being a kid and they're like, hey, we're going to the Bahamas. Awesome. We're going to Charlotte. Why? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's why I never understood Mac Bowl tie-ins. We won the Mac in 2015 when I was we at Detroit. We went to Detroit, we went to Detroit and yeah. Toledo, who didn't win the Mac, got to go to the Bahamas. The Bahamas yeah, I, I'm with Come you. Come on. I could not agree more. What a crappy fate to be stuck in Detroit the day after Christmas. Now, the only team I ever wanted to go to that bowl was Indiana. Yeah. Because a bunch of my friends that I went to grad school with would make the trip, that kind of thing. <laughs> because it's a bowl game for Indiana. And we just eat a bunch of Levantine food, go eat a bunch of Palestinian food and that kind of stuff up there. But, um, yeah, no, it was, uh, it was its oh, own yeah. thing. Your but, reward uh, for winning the MAC was going back to the same stadium uh, that you won the MAC championship I, I, in. I've never understood it. I'm it's terrible. You. But Western does get the win. Um, just a reminder that, you kind of never know what you're going to see in these lower-tier bowl games. No. And that's why it's fun. And that's why the games are awesome. And also, credit to them. They got outscored 21-0 in the, th- in the first quarter. They outscore ODU 21-0 in the fourth quarter. Block a bunch of kicks. Yeah. Just, just it, it's a reminder of why we love college football, because this doesn't happen in the NFL. No. This game would never happen in the NFL. I don't know if you remember this game a few years ago. Western Kentucky was in the Bahamas Bowl against Central Michigan. They were up 49-14 in the fourth quarter, and Central Michigan scored 34 unanswered points, and they had like a pitching lateral Hail Mary on the last play regulation. Then they went for two and they didn't get it. That's right. I remember that. Gosh. the You, you don't t- mess with Western Kentucky in the Bahamas Bowl. <laughs> you understand me? Huh? Huh? Zach Cantrell, tell me how it is. No, I am. Um, 
the other part, someone sent in the picture of uh, Western Kentucky's win. They were 99% likely to lose the game uh, in the third quarter. Sounds like the Atlanta Falcons in Super Bowl 51. It does sound like that. So maybe it does happen. Uh, Texts are asking if there's horse racing in Michigan. Uh, so the last two places with horse racing in Michigan are closing. One closed and the other, uh, Northville, is uh, is closing. And they are turning it into, oh man, is it 180 acres of a new development? It's in one of the hot uh, suburban sprawl areas of Detroit. So yeah, it's, it's going away. So. Um, Texter, I caught the end of that, Louis. Did Brad have four horses fail drug tests at Arkansas? No. So that's an important distinction here. I want to be very clear. He he scratched the horses out of their planned stakes races. And there is a there's an old there's an old practice in horse racing that you do not have to give a reason for scratching out of the stakes race. That that's just how it goes. And so, no, there was a a dose of a medication, a legal one applied in Arkansas, and then it was applied again at Remington. And so the double dose put the horses over what would be an allowable limit going in. If people don't know, I mean, horses are like your dog. You know, your dog dog goes to the vet and gets medication, you know, might have this, this, or whatever. Um, Horses aren't any different that way where they need, you know, circulatory medication or breathing or what have you. Uh, And so there there are things applied in very normal ways by – the, the staff veterinary when I pointed out textures you caught at the end I mean, again it's his wife right <laughs> like you gotta watch those things and so it's its own uh it's its own thing again you can read more about that horseracingnation.com uh Ron Flatter did a good job there he and I actually talked about the story uh, over the weekend <clears throat> before it really became public because it was uh it was an unusual it was an unusual story uh for sure that way <sighs> you know we used to do true crime Tuesday at this time Zach if we gave you a non-sports segment what would you talk about during what was True Crime Tuesday for 60 weeks? So, so? I would have, I have two things that immediately came okay. to mind. Food. Okay. And comedy. Stand-up comedy. Okay. Yeah. Those are like my other two passion projects outside of sports. You know, I, I tell people, and I think they're always, they're surprised when I say it, and then they understand it once I explain it. But I try to watch a lot of two things. Stand-up comedy, and I try to watch interviews. Same. Yeah. And and I I'm watching different people in the different spots. So I, a little peek of Graham talk on a Tuesday is a very good text. <laughs> I um I watch comedians because their delivery and their timing and those things. While I cannot recreate those, and I have to have my own. Yeah, they vary from person to person. So I try to see what the patterns are, what it is that people, the most successful at least, what they do, what their delivery sounds like. So that if I can apply it to myself, if I can figure out what that parlance is, I go back. Like I listen whenever I do an opening monologue on this show, I go back and I listen to it and try to listen to my own timing and these kinds of things. I do the same thing with like with people that I think are great interviewers, and there are three people that I always go to. And and first one, very polarizing, but Howard Stern is as good as anyone in the world at getting people to talk about things that they almost certainly would never talk about with anyone else. Mm-hmm. It is stunning. Yep. The guy does a great job. Yes. Second one, on the comedy side, I think that I think Conan O'Brien does as well in a very quick, you only get to ask three, four questions setting. You. And he also will interact during answers. So if it, like when he has like go go look up Bill Burr on Conan. Oh my God, yes. They're, I love they're that brilliant. See, they're brilliant. Bill segments. Burr is brilliant. Well, he's so. he's brilliant in his own. But yes. the two of them together and Conan Fantastic. reacting to him adds to it. Right? Conan's the best late night host ever at interviewing, as far as I'm concerned interviewing 
David Letterman's up there too. Letterman's way up there. David Letterman. Letterman's the goat still. Yes, but Letterman's Conan's the goat. Conan's in his class for me. Yeah, I agree with of you. this era. Yes, it's Conan. of our generation for sure. I think he's about 10, 10 12 years older than me. Um, Texter saying the new Shane Gillis stand-up special is hilarious. Yes, is a is. true statement, Texter. You are correct. Yes, it is. It is. It is very unusual because we got we got used to it in the United States, especially that the political bent of stand-up comedy was only one way. And that's the kind of jokes we got used to. Gillis is a a guy from a red state who I don't think of as like some kind of flaming, you know, conservative or something. But he's able to make jokes about that. No, stuff. he's not a MAGA guy, but he can joke about everybody, right? Which you, I wish pe- more people would do. But but like talking about the Fox News dad, for example, he's like oh, you know, how that's, that's so a good dad. Yes, and like walking through. Watching his dad watch Fox News in the way that Bill Burr watched his wife watch Oprah. Yeah. Like this kind of stuff. Like those kinds of observations to me are so valuable and something that I really look. I know that I don't, I'm not on the level of those guys. I have a 10 to noon show on a local radio station. I get it. But it's so fun to watch them and try to figure out what it is that they, number one, that they observe, but that delivery thing, man, it's, it is so, um, it's so fascinating to to watch. Uh, Texture by four. Uh, oh, we're getting top four current stand up comedians. Jay Davis is not on the show today, people. We're not doing topless. We're not doing that. You, you cut it out. Did I say topless? You did. <laughs> Save that for the mixtape. <laughs> topless what? No issle, no problem. There you go. Uh, Texture. Um, yeah, I can't read that one on air, but yeah, Stern's up there. You're right. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, Texter, ironically, in Howard Stern's most recent uh, book, he said his best interview of all time was Conan O'Brien. You know what? That's actually true. I have read that book, and he is a whole chapter devoted to that, uh, was having Conan on was his best guest. And those two together, is, it's yeah. like 35 minutes. It's really great. You can find uh, it on YouTube. 11, um, 20-ish. And, and, and while I'm not a... I'm not a regular listener of Stern anymore. I think he's down to like three days a week or something. Yeah, he and has the ultimate job where he gets to take as much vacation yeah, as he and wants. Yeah, and he's kind of in New York and then not, and they built a studio for him at his house during COVID and yeah, all this kind of stuff. Yeah, it's not the and, same. And he was very scared of COVID, which I understand he's in his 70s. Like, I, I get it. But I think he's just as sharp as ever. I think his interviews are still really good. I'm glad he's back in studio doing those because I, I do catch the, the clips once in a while. Yeah. But those kinds of guys, when you, you know, when you get into – into this just who inter, you know and i'd really love to know what other people look at because my wife for example a large part of her I'll, I'll i'll look over her shoulder while she's on her phone and she's flipping through instagram and it's a bunch of stuff about what she does about being an eye doctor right and and so i i do wonder in other fields if people have their their people that they they look up to or they try to grab you know some sort of inspiration from and so it's it's fascinating that way, but yeah, those are those are the two guys. I, I think Conan just his. Obviously, no one can be the the the, the tall, lanky thing about him. He's goofy looking. That's you know, he's right. got the hair. Um, uh, was my was my comedian list uh, controversial? No, no, that's not it. It's not about the controversy. It's about Jay Davis not being on this show. We do we do lists on Thursdays. If you want to do lists with with this show. It's the 11 o'clock hour on Thursday. It's okay. You can wait till Thursday. (laughs) Everybody does. Uh, A reminder, by the way, we are off Monday and Tuesday next week. Uh, But we'll have you the rest of the week. We'll get you uh, through the UK U of L game. We'll have reaction on Friday as well uh, to that one. Uh, Bobby V after me, roundtable 3 o'clock today here, ESPN 680-1057. Thanks to Mark Ennis for hanging out with us in his usual spot in the uh, 10 o'clock hour. If you missed any part of it, you can go back to the podcast center at ESPNLouisville.com or on our app. Listen to any of our programming 
there. We'll have Mike Gandolfo in tomorrow. We'll talk all things UK ahead of Thursday and after the UNC game, which we reacted to yesterday. Uh, we'll put a bow on that and get ready for that. Uh, ben Roberts on Thursday along with Jay Davis as well. I'm Louis Rabot. This is Rabot and Co. here on ESPN 680, 105.7. We'll be back at 10 o'clock tomorrow. We hope you will be too. Have a great day, everybody.